You are now tuned in to the Windy City Benders Podcast. This is WCBP. All right. It's another edition of the WCB Podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. It's Jeremy. It's Tanner. What's up, bud? Uh, not much, man. Just, uh, you know, living that 500 life. 500 life continues. And it is fucking frustrating. But. At least we're not losing all the time. We're not losing all the time. And we did call this. We said exactly last time we were like, okay, we're looking at this upcoming week. We got to beat the Islanders. We got to beat Montreal. And if we can squeeze a point out of New York and Toronto, that'd be awesome. Well, we did pretty much did that minus squeaking out a point. Uh, we probably should got a, at least a point against Toronto, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Um, yeah. It's been kind of a crazy week around the NHL and uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. So we'll, uh, we'll dive right on in here. Um, so first off, like we said, the Hawks go two and two uh, this week in, uh, in play. Uh, it's, the- it's pretty funny. Um, like the Hawks are, are in win one, lose one mode. And it's been that way since November 15th. Which... Would have been fine if we didn't start the season 07 and 2 or whatever it was. Right, right, right. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, are we just going to expect them to to win the next game? Because we, we just lost to Toronto. So, we'll, we'll, this upcoming week, we're going to beat Calgary, lose to Washington, beat Nashville, lose to Dallas. Like, if that happens, I'm going to laugh my ass off. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be very interesting to see if we can keep that pace up because – the next like two weeks is some very tough teams are playing like teams oh, that yeah. are near the top right now and are, and are in good streaks at the moment. Um, but before we get into that little preview, we'll, let's, let's touch a little bit on the four games that were played since we last recorded. Absolutely. Uh, kicking off with last Sunday, uh, the Hawks took on the New York Islanders, which felt like such a trap game considering the Islanders were coming in on a 10 game losing streak. They're in their oh, yeah. barn. They're looking for their first win in their new, new home arena. And well, we almost gave it to them. Hey man, you know, we're just trying to be nice. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, trying to be nice. Um, kick things off. Uh, Brand Hagel gets his eighth of the season from DeBrinken and Jones. So Right off the bat, what we said, uh, the hot scene, a little bit more scoring from other guys. And lo and behold, the same guys get the Hawks on the board first. Yeah, you know. it's it, I love the fact that, like, Hagel's goals are all just him in front of the net. Dirty doing goals. A great, doing a great job at that. Yeah, he, he literally is Andrew Shaw. He's, like, a, he's literally oh, yeah. a better Andrew Shaw, which is so funny. Yeah, I mean, just not as grindy, but got that effort going forth and stays in front of that kind of a pass. Um, that was know, that was also uh, that was also a power play goal. Uh, Islanders come up with uh, Pego or Pajo. Pajo. Pajo gets his second of the season. CGP to tie it up. Um, that was also a power play goal, and then the third period comes around. Uh, Dylan Strom gets on the board for his second of the season, which felt fucking good for him. I think. Oh yeah, it was a it was like a broken play kind of. Uh, who was it? Debrinket. Yeah, it was Debrinket. Gustafson brought the uh, the puck up. Debrinket yeah. uh kind of lost it to the middle of the ice, and then uh, Strom just finds it like sitting like right in the slot. 
and he buries it. Uh, and then the Islers with four seconds left to go in the game. Uh, Noah Dobson with his first of the year ties it up, sends the game yeah. to overtime. That one and just that one just finds a way through people. It's and just so it, disappointing. And it was just frustrating. It was one of those games where it's like it shouldn't happen. Bad bounce, which is going to be a theme today. Um, well, the other thing too, though, is like even though the Islanders are on this 10 game losing streak, like they are, they weren't playing bad. Like they've been like very competitive in all the games. So like, if anybody just looked at like the Islanders is like, Oh, like they're, they're terrible. They've lost 10 games in a row. Like they haven't watched any of like, I mean, just even just Islanders highlights, like a lot of these games were lost in like the late third period or like in overtime. And they were just getting unlucky. And I mean, technically I'd say they, they got unlucky against the Hawks too, because they ended up going into a shootout and Larry's perfect in the shootout. Right. Uh, overtime goes, it was very slow. Um, Dylan Strom even said after the game, he's like, he doesn't understand what they were doing. They weren't really make, put making an attack on the Hawks at all. They were kind of just sitting there holding the puck. Yeah. Uh, go to the shootout. You had one goal, Patrick Kane. How are you? Nice little slow up. Just fucking ripped it glove side on Varmo. Oh, yeah. Varmo off. Um, Mark Andre, you said, gets the win. His 499th career win um, is a big one. It's There's only two other goalies that have 500. So he is on the pace for 500 goals this week. And we will get to that. He gets two opportunities to do that. Wins. What did I say? Goals. <laughs> oh, 500 wins. Which kind of okay? So then the next game we got so the Hawks beat Islanders three two in overtime. Islanders go on eleven game losing streak, continues. Hawks probably feel lucky to get that one. We kind of give it away to them in the last five seconds of the third period. Yeah. Uh, any any more takeaways from this game? Uh no, I just remember it was it was a it was a good game. You know, I'm it's <laughs> I like the Islanders too, so. I was like, oh man, it'd be great if they they get their first win soon, but not against the Hawks. I don't, I, not, Hawks, I don't yeah. care enough. But, but and so it's the funny thing too is some people are still saying the Islanders can come back, turn right the ship, hey, make it to the playoffs. They, I had them winning it at all, so so I'm, here, I'll be one of those people. <laughs> here's my question though: What's the difference from this team going on an 11 game losing streak? Oh, they can still make the playoffs to the Hawks who started off 07 and two. Oh, that team's done. They're crashed. They're, they're washed up. Well, the Islanders were a game away from, or basically a game and away last year and two games away last year or the year before from making it to the um, Stanley cup. Right. They were, yeah. I mean, they were the conference the finals. They were in the conference finals two years in a row. And but it's, I just don't understand. That team doesn't seem as... And then you got that Barry Trotz effect, man. I mean, you're looking at their division. You have Washington, who's just rolling right now. Carolina, who's rolling. New York, who's rolling. Pittsburgh's turning it up. You've got Columbus, who's surprising. New Jersey is hanging there. Philly's hanging in there. And then you got the Islanders with 19 points. Like, I mean, that's an equally tough division. Yeah. I just, oh, God. I don't know if it's just the Hawks bias. I mean, I just don't understand why. Because the Hawks started off the way they did. Oh, they're they're ridden off. But any other team that goes on like a like a losing streak, 
Oh no, they'll 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 be able to pull back right the ship. Let's go. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. I just don't a lot understand. Of people are yeah. just like they, they're they're not a good team. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. But all right, then uh, on Tuesday night, Chicago Blackhawks, welcome to the United Center, the New York Rangers. We actually did a live stream for this on the Hockey Podcast Network, which was a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody. It was a lot of fun. Um, we'll definitely think we got to do that again soon. Um, this had a game that had a lot of milestones within reach. Well, two milestones within reach on both teams. As we mentioned earlier, Mark Andre, 500 wins. Panarin was also going for 500 career points. Yeah. It was also Mark Andre's 900th game. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Jesus. He's so good. Yeah. God. He yeah, deserves man. everything. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry. I just remembered something. Um, yeah. But that's. Well, no, no. It was, uh, it was like a lot of. Uh, I saw a post on like the hockey subreddit that was talking about like Mark Andre like having 500 wins. And then there was a bunch of people that were just like, yeah, he's not even that good. <laughs> it's just like, I'm really confused because I kind of like understand where they're coming from because of like, if you, if you're hall of fame worthy and you have 500 wins, like you don't lose the starting job twice. Right. And I don't really think that he lost the job twice as much as like, like you saw like Matt Murray came in and Fleury just like had a bit of like a, like a falter and then Murray played great. But that now where's Matt Murray anyway? Like, if, he, if he's going to lose the starting job to somebody, like, I don't know. Like, it, I think those people in like, oh, my God, I'm, I have like a lot of weird thoughts going on. So also <laughs> in Vegas, like they say that he lost it to Laner, but you can look back at Vegas and be like, well, when it was Laner and Flurry, like Flurry was the better goalie. Right. It's just maybe these guys came in and like played hot for like a second, but like I think Flurry has always been the better goalie in those situations. It's straight up a salary cap. He lost his starting position to salary cap, not yeah. another goalie. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird argument that I I like oddly could see both sides where it's like, yeah, man, like how can you say he's not a good goalie? It's five hundred wins, and then other people are like, yeah, but he's probably the worst of the three goalies with five hundred wins because he's lost his starting job twice. And I'm like, ah, like, yeah, I get it, but I don't, he's not bad. Like, I don't get, I don't get the argument of him being bad. He's not bad. He won a, also, he won a Vesna last year at 36 years old. Like, yeah, it's also a different era. Like, you got to take errors in consideration too. Like, Patrick Wall, Mark, uh, Martin Brodeur, their era, it was one guy who played 60 plus games and they yeah. threw another guy in there occasionally. And those teams were dominant too. Yeah. You now, has two solid almost every team has got a solid one two tandem yeah pretty like, much there's, well, there's you, you you only play like a max of maybe like if you hit 60 games like that's a that's a lot and very rare like you play a max of like maybe 50 ish yeah you need a good backup to play at least like 25 to 30 games there was no in today's nhl there's no like just roll with the top guy it's you go with the hot hand yeah like and that's what that's the difference between the the wall rotor era versus now. And if you want to say he's the worst of the three, I mean, fair by the like the eye test, that's fair to say. But when you really look at it, I I I don't agree with that. Right. Also, if you want to go by it too, like in that time, 
the goalies did have an extra inch on the pads. It was easier for them. And the and offense was not the what it is today. Oh, God, no. Like, there's the speed, not even close. Yeah. Only only guy I could say that probably had the speed was Paul Bure. I wanted to look. I know we're getting off track here, but now I kind of – Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. I just, no, it's I just fine. I wanted to know uh, NHL goalie. I'm curious now to see – where Flurry ends up? No, where who's behind Flurry? Oh, in like all time wins? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. So the uh, the next active person behind Flurry. Oh, active. Okay. Is Carey Price? Yeah. Three hundred and sixty. So one hundred and forty away. Jonathan Quick is after that with three forty three. Bob, uh, three oh nine. Holtby, two ninety four. Actually, Luke I mean, two eighty five. Halak, two eighty one. Did Lungfist really fully retire already? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> um, what is it? Yeah, the hockey reference. Uh, dot com has Him Lundqvist as active. as active still. So. I don't think you're going to see another 500 goal or 500 win goalie in a long time. Yeah. Cause all the guys too, that are as high as they are on this list, they're older guys who are going to probably yeah, be wrapping I mean, their career up soon. Vasilevsky's at two Oh four and he's 27. He might, he might be the best shot, but yeah. That's insane. I mean, to do what it's he a, did in the huge, yeah, it's a, it. it's a huge milestone. So that's good stuff. Yeah, it's anyway. Mark Andre Fleury is really good. Yeah, it's a bummer he's not going to be able to take a run at Wa. I don't think he does. Thirty. Well, old, he's thirty-seven. How old, how old was Wa when he retired? Think about uh, that. Sixty-five. He was born. He retired. And... He was like thirty-eight. Oh, 37. He was 37. So he, it was his last his year. His age. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, even looking at it, in his last year, he still played 63 games. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, even, 35, well, 15, 13. Broder, Broder played until he was 42. I mean, really, he played until 41. He played in St. Louis for those seven games at 42 and was like, nah, <laughs> never mind. But like, if Mark Andre Fleury wanted to, he could play a good four more seasons until he's, like, 41. He looks like – he doesn't look like he's a 37-year-old goalie, man. Like, he's he's so fucking good. Yeah. I think he can easily pass Wah if he played, like, two more seasons. God, that's so weird seeing St. Louis for seven games on Broder. He's a St. Louis legend. That was hilarious. When they were talking about, like, possible uh, Montreal Canadian GMs, they were talking about Broder – and they showed him in his uh, St. Louis equipment and not New Jersey. Yeah. It was funny, but. <laughs> All right. I love it. Um, let's back go. to the game. Yeah, back to that <laughs> game. Mark <laughs> um, Andre right. Fleury going for, going for 500 wins against the Rangers. One second. Hey, Zero. All right, so back to that. Sorry about that. Um, all right, so like we said, two – Big 500 milestones, Panarin and Flurry. Panarin wasted no time to hit his. 
he got an assist on a Jacob Trubo goal a minute and one seconds into the first period. Right away. Right away. I hate to see it. Tickle Blackhawks, let a goal right instantly, which is the story <laughs> of the like, season. Yeah, every other game. Like, every other game's a loss, and every other game is, like, a, a, fir- a goal in the first five minutes. against. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense what this team's doing. But what we mentioned earlier is we need more offense from other guys. Got it. Uh, Gus gets his first of the year. The nice little shot. Um, that it's was actually that- pretty funny. It uh, Kublik took the face off on this one. Yeah, and and won it. Clean. But he doesn't get an assist because like you can watch the you can watch the highlight. But like he wins the face off. But uh, I can't see who it is that like steps in. But one of the Rangers like wingers steps in and gets the gets the puck like behind Kublik, but loses it right to Gus, and Gus just throws it on net. <laughs> yeah, it had eyes. Like it looked like it deflected off of somebody, but no, it just fucking dipped right through. Nice little yeah, goal. No, nothing too hard. Nothing too crazy. Oh. You and like then, to see when uh, Gus is Gus is back on the score sheet for the Hawks. That was 43 seconds too after lighting up the first goal. Um, yeah. So Hawks answered back quickly, which was nice. Then uh, Kirby Doc gets on the board. A nice little trash garbage goal, just sitting there. Uh, I don't is it Debrinket that threw it on net or Strom threw it on net? Strom threw it to Debrinket. Debrinket threw it on net, and yep. the uh, Doc just tapped it in for the goal. Doesn't matter how it goes in. That that had to feel good, and and oh, hopefully yeah. that's going to be a little bit of a confidence booster. I mean, it's it's hard to get that confidence, you know, when you're getting a little tapping goal when you're struggling offensively as much as Doc has. But a goal but is a goal. I think it's one of those things where you can't. He needed something like that that he couldn't overthink too much because we talked about it when when he had the wide open chance in in Washington. It's like you have all the time in the world. You tend to overthink it. Right. This one, he's just. He sees puck, he hits puck, puck goes in. <laughs> it's just like gotta feel good to like actually get a get a goal on something, or, and then maybe like relax a bit. Oh yeah, and then that's how the that's how that first period ended. Yeah, Hawks were then, two to one, and it was like, hey, we're at home, baby, let's go. And Aaron said, no, no, no. Yeah, fucking dude, this power play. I swear to God, it's the same thing. I think it happened when we played the Rangers the on the Saturday before, like power play, Panarin's in the left side, puck squeezes through the middle, and he's wide open with a wide open net. And it's just like, okay, we, we saw this. We saw this already. Yep. Of course, Panarin's going to score that. So he puts it up, ties up 2-2. Um, the power play was working for the Rangers that game. They finished 2-for-2. Hawks 0-for-4 in the power play, which is something that they really have got to wake up and figure out what is going on there. Um, another big event in the second period, though, was scary, scary moment. Uh, Carr just gets caught with his head down by Tr- yeah. uh, Truba and just is out instantly as soon as he gets hit. Goes down hard, hits his head on the ice, has to be stretchered out. Um, yeah. Super scary. Was one of those like, oh crap. Yeah, you can tell he was out when he got hit. And, and oof. I, I think you said it best too in our in our group chat that it was unintentionally dirty. Yeah, like you you can't just because like he clearly didn't like mean to hit him in like the head 
Like you can't just be, oh, it was a clean hit. It was a clean hit. Like he didn't, he wasn't going for the head. It's like, yeah, it, it's not a clean hit though. A clean hit would be like shoulder to chest. It was shoulder to like, he got him right on the chin. Like that's, that's a dirty hit, but he did it in a way that it wasn't meant to be dirty. It was unintentionally dirty hit. Like head, head, if his head was up, it's a completely different hit. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like Truba, like he went in for a clean hit. You went in for a clean hit. He had his shoulder tucked. He had his feet on the ice. But you know, like when you're going to brace yourself for your, a hit yourself, like you're not following, you're not watching with your own head right. to make sure you hit them. Like you're bracing for a hit, and like when you pull your shoulder up towards your head because you're bracing for that hit, like and he has his head down. Initial contact was like right to the face, and like he didn't mean to fucking do that. Like, which is completely fine unintentionally like a dirty hit i don't see how people are just like oh like he should have kept his head up it's a clean hit no 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 a clean hit would be shoulder to chest right like that's <laughs> it's easy enough like everybody thinks that because you, if i'm calling it like a dirty hit it's like oh like there's malintent and like all this other like he he wasn't malicious about it and everything like that it's like no 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 by the definition of like a clean hit and a dirty hit that's a dirty hit was he meaning to do the dirty hit? No, no, absolutely not. Like, just because somebody doesn't mean to have a dirty hit doesn't mean the hit's fucking clean. Like, that doesn't, that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, update on that though, too. Like, early Wednesday morning, he was released from the hospital. Um, so that's great. Great news. Um, no time, timeline for him to return to the team. Uh, which yeah, they, they said it was an excellent prognosis. Yeah. So from the team, the team doctor. So that's good. It, it, it's scary because of how long it did. They they stayed, like they didn't cut to commercial or anything. They stayed on him for a long Which time. Which I thought was really was, weird. Was, I am yeah, surprised. it was scary. And they did. It was scary. It was like focused on him too. Like usually, yeah. something like that happens. They'll cut to like the bench or cut up up top to the the announcers to kind of like you know whatever to change it. No, they kept it on his essentially lifeless body on the ice. Oh my God. Don't like, say lifeless. But he, it, it literally was. It literally, but literally like you're looking at that, like you didn't see what happened and yeah. you come out into there. Dude, he looked dead. Like yeah, it was, that's he, how scary it was. Yeah. It was, it was creepy. Um, I was going to say like good on like Ryan Strom. Like he was the first one that was like right away, like get the, get the medical guys out here because the play was still like going on just slightly. I mean, obviously like you see a hit that huge, like people are going to go after Truba. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Um, but like, maybe make sure your, your guy's good. Um, but yeah, everybody like taking a knee, trying to like, and like really just feeling for him. I'm sure Truba too was just like, yeah, you know, like at the end of the day, like you feel bad somebody got hurt, but you don't, you don't like not, hit that in that situation you know like the guy has his head down crossing the blue line like it sucks that like he caught the pass and then didn't catch it completely clean and it stayed in his feet because yeah, so it, yeah i also like people i saw like people online like oh what a like what a suicide pass it's like bro did you watch the play like it hits it hit it's on his stick but the transfer of his stick to like turning going up the ice he loses it in his feet yeah. which is why his head comes like so tucked down. And then it's like, yeah, man, that's not a good situation. Like if anything, you should be kicking it to outside or something like that. But 
Like, but it was good to see it didn't affect Truba much because the very next night he does the exact same thing to Nathan McKinnon. Hey, if I, I honestly, if I'm Truba and guy has his head down and they're crossing like the certain part of the ice where you you either step up or you take the step back, like you're a big boy, like you, it's a big game, like play the body. Like, it's not his fault that like the guys are the guys are tucking their fucking heads into their chest, but like. Even if you're a bigger guy, too, like he's a big boy, man. Like you drop your shoulder a little bit and you try and hit him in the chest, like, and you catch somebody's head, like that sucks. I just, I, I guess it would be a penalty worthy, but I don't see it being like suspension worthy. Yeah. They didn't call anything on the, on the play. Um, I wasn't surprised there wasn't a review for, you right. know, player safety and all that kind of stuff. But what made it really interesting, though, too, is after that game, um, was it the next day when Andrew Shaw tweets yeah. out? Oh, fuck, I should have had this pulled up. Well, part of the issue too is like, like Kara has had like concussion issues while in Edmonton. I guess he's had like two or three over the last like couple of years. So like that's I another reason I think Andrew Shaw had spoken out because like he had concussion issues and like shit like that would happen to him and that's what kind of I mean that's what caused his career to to stop so suddenly you know um so here andrew shaw tweets out uh the next day so at nhl player safety we're gonna see you protect your players are you gonna just point the finger at uh juhar saying that he put himself in the position like he told me on many occasions yeah interesting to see him go after them but it's like he said that's i mean it's tough like i understand what they're trying to get rid of in the league and all that kind of stuff but at the same I've time, it, it's like you really see how bad it is when it was slowed down. Right, exactly. When when you're looking at it like full speed, it was the fine. pace of the game. You, it's hard to make that little inch adjustment. Yeah. To like, and like all like he's just as responsible as Kara is. Like, and it sucks to like to see it happen. Like nobody wants that to fucking happen. I think the thing that's also that I noticed too is like who do we have to respond to those situations? Like that's one of those like where it's not a clean hit. I think there should have been a penalty. Um even though it's like unintentional. Like it's the same shit. It's like tripping. There's a lot of times like a guy's stick gets caught in somebody's skates and they fucking fall and it's like tripping. It's like, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, well you still did it, dude. Like you're going to the box. Like yeah. No, I don't but having like Riley Stillman step in and try and fight him. It's like watching Bambi go after a hunter, man. Like <laughs> he's way fucking bigger and stronger than Stillman. You know who yeah, I would have rather seen? And it and like it, it's gonna sound weird, but like who responds when McKinnon gets hit by Truba? The captain. Yeah. Landis Cog. I would have rather seen fucking Taves go after him. Right. Taves, I think Taves has more of a like a sturdy base and stronger muscular like structure than Riley Stillman. I think Taves, big guy. Stood Taves with him. is yeah. a big guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like, I mean, this was before he was even scoring. Like, I like fire the fucking team up, dude. Like, I think if Taves responds in that situation and, and throws down, like maybe, maybe the team's a little bit more fired up and that game goes a little bit differently. And they addressed something with that um, in a couple day, a couple days. Uh, we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit here, but um, yeah, that so that was a really scary moment and kind of 
I really think too that kind of just took the Hawks out of this game. I think that yeah they were shaken. And Taze even said in the in the post game, um, like media scrum that he goes, it was really hard. It's really hard to kind of get focus on, back on back on hockey when one of your teammates goes down like that and leaves the way that he had to leave. Like it's it's really hard to focus on the game and try to you know salvage the game and it definitely they had a very hard time doing that because um including the Panarin goal in the second period they ended up lighting up five unanswered goals granted yeah. what two of those were empty nets uh no only one only one okay so I think the third period so the third period comes yeah. on Chris Kreider Panarin's goal was empty netter I think yeah Chris Kreider with the power play goal assist from Fox to Panarin uh Kevin Rooney um, with a goal with the assist from Fox and Reeves, Panarin with the empty net goal for his ninth of the year, Truba and Zabanajed, uh, his assist on there, and Panarin, or sorry, Truba gets the Gordy Howe hat trick, yeah, for the night, and then Barclay Goudreau puts up his fourth of the year with uh, an assist from Reeves and Rooney. So Hawks end up falling that game six to two. Yeah, I think the, what hurts is the Hawks gave up a multi point game to Ryan Reeves. <laughs> yeah that who is funny like he just did not seem like he was out there at all that game yeah. except for those except for those moments um that was what the seventh in a row for for new york oh wait who did strom fight ryan strom fought somebody oh too. carpenter oh yeah 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 at the very yeah, I love, end i love carpenter <laughs> carpenter's great um yeah, that was uh, that was their sixth in a row, I think. No, 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 it was their seventh, I think. Seventh, yeah. Yeah, the I mean the Rangers are just rolling, so yeah. But then they That's go and get smoked by Colorado the next day, which interesting enough, real random. I know this is Hawks talk, but Colorado has won three in a row. With, well, yeah, Nathan McKinnon came back. Yeah, with seven goals each game, so they scored twenty. Oh, are you are you kidding me? Games. Oh God, <laughs> who did they play? Um, here, let me pull it up really quick. It's like, they are just fucking teams. Well, yeah, dude, uh, the Rangers were streaky. Okay. So they seven to three against Detroit, seven to three against the Rangers and seven to five against the Flyers. Jesus. Colorado's trying to make up ground. Well, I mean, they did lose to Toronto uh, a couple of weeks ago, eight to three. And ever since then, they're like, okay. Let's we're we're gonna score out. goals, except for they did lose to Ottawa six to five in overtime. But yeah, putting up twenty one goals in three games is is insane. Ooh, and they're playing uh, the Panthers today. That should be a good game. Yeah. So, uh, Mark Andre does not get career win number five hundred at night. Um, but Thursday we head to Montreal. We're in Mark Andre's backyard, his home Providence. Give him the net once more. Oh, yeah. And what a way to get career win number 500. Gotta love it. Put in gets the, up gets the shutout. Shot. 30 shots. 30 shot shutout. Gotta love to see it. Love I, mean, to I mean, see it. Also, Montreal is just kind of a broken team. They they have so many injuries. They're essentially so, playing their, their AHL team at this point. Pretty much. They got Cole Caulfield out there. Kids an AHLer. Right, <laughs> but oh. you know what else is big about this game? What is that? Johnny Taze, baby, it's on the board. It's on the board, and it's a power play goal too. 
Yeah, it was a sick Two little struggling tip. things. Yeah. The it just he's sitting on the edge or the side of the net and just tips it and it goes top corner too. It's just so such a perfect little tip. And the best thing Love too to is to go it. to the bench and like how they typically do like the monkey off the back. He goes mm-hmm. and he like does like an extra like hard shake and then they're like, Oh, he got the gorilla off of his back. Yeah, seriously. It's gotta feel good. It was his first goal since what March 2020. Yeah. It was it was like March 5th or something, I think. Yeah, so his first regular season goal since like March, right before COVID shut down. Yeah. And then his first goal in general since uh the bubble against Vegas. Yeah, wow. Been a minute. So he he's feeling it. Let's go. And then see the the captain get it on the board. Third period, Borkstrom has a little insurance uh, with eight minutes to go in the third. He gets on the board for his second. So since we mentioned that, there hasn't been a Debrinket goal. There hasn't been a Kane goal. There hasn't been a Seth Jones goal. All got an assist. Well, yeah. (laughs) But no goals from those three. It's good to see some goals happening from other guys, though. But let's clarify, too. We want to see these guys scoring. On top yeah. of you guys scoring. Exactly. It's not one or the other. Let's get both. Let's all get in on the action. Let's let's Colorado this. Let's put seven goals up. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so Blackhawks win in Toronto. Uh, sorry, Montreal, 2-0. Mark andre Fleury, 500 career win. They're going to honor him before the game tonight, uh, it, which is the, Monday. He gets the Fleury chant in Montreal at the end of the game. Yeah, which he's I said think he goes, that was amazing. He was even surprised. He goes, I was even surprised by it. He goes, I've always had a hard time. I thought they hated me here in Montreal. But he's like, how do you hate him? How do you hate him? I don't know how anybody could hate Montreal. I <laughs> I think it was, uh, yeah, it was on, on Reddit. It was like, how can anybody hate Marc-Andre Fleury? And then it was, somebody was like, I'm a San, San Jose fan. You can easily hate Marc-Andre Fleury. I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. <laughs> what was it? San Jose and then who was the other cup? Oh, I was saying San Jose because of won the cup and then San Jose versus Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we already talked about the whole 500 wins there. It's it's amazing. The third player to do it. Don't think it's going to be something we're going to see. Vasilevsky might be the only one that has a chance. Yeah. he's What did we say? He's at 240? I forgot already. Yeah, something like that. Um, let's see. I'm pull it back up real quick. Yeah, he's oh. at two, 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 oh, 204. 204. So that's even, man, he's, that's even harder. He's two fifths of the way there. Yeah. I, don't know, I mean, he can easily do it though. He's only 27. Mark Andre's 37. So 10 more years. It'd just be interesting. 300 wins. It really depends too, though, how Tampa Bay keeps up. Yeah. It's if Tampa Bay doesn't go through like a rebuild mode, like a lot of these top tier teams seem to be going through it at one point after they've had their cup wins, which I think they're starting to feel it a little bit with their, with their cap. I hope they, I hope they do. I hope they go through a little, uh, tear down. So I I wish I want other teams to feel it. See, what's going to be unfair is that by the time it comes to the point where Tampa's going to start feeling it, it's when the cap's going to go up like crazy, and they're going to be like, oh, okay, cool, we're good. (laughs) Uh, Well, whatever. I just hope they lose some guys before now and then. Yeah, so 
we wrap up this week of games and this road trip in Toronto, which on paper was going to be a very interesting game. The, the teams played really tight in Chicago back in October, but that was a completely different time. These Both of these teams were different, completely different set, settings. So I was very curious how this was going. Maple Leafs were on a roll. Uh, things get kicked off by, I don't know, Jonathan Taze, you heard of him? Mr. Yeah. I'm on a goal streak, baby. Let's go. His second of the year. Going streaking. Almost two minutes into the first period. Reese Johnson, Connor Murray, Murphy with the assist. Again, a lot of names we need to see on the score sheet that we haven't seen very much of. But almost a minute. Reese Johnson and Connor Murphy. <laughs> Let's go. Get assist, baby. Let's yeah. go. You need, especially when they're they're throwing like Reese Johnson and these guys up with Jonathan Taves. Like yeah. you're gonna have to produce assist at least. Like you're gonna have to do something. It's just it was good to see too that like this goal was a legit like came in and ripped a shot far side. For it was the first shot of the game too for the Hawks. So it was just like, oh, he's feeling it. It was definitely more of that was more of a it's what I was hoping was gonna happen with Doc, where Taves the first one was like yeah. a nice like sitting in front of the net, like yeah, it was still like a good goal. But it wasn't like a total skill, like, okay, ripping it, letting it go kind of thing. This one was more of a, like, all right, I got the first one. Now I got this one to show that I can do it. Let's yeah. go. Like, hopefully now it, that's going to be. Got the confidence up. Yeah. And then the wheels fell off for Chicago. <laughs> I mean, I don't know as much as the wheels fell off for Chicago as much as, like, it's Toronto and they're playing real fucking good right now. <laughs> Let up four unanswered goals. Between the rest of the first period and the start of the second, uh, two of them are being power play goals from John Tavares. I mean, just listen to these names: John Tavares from Matthews Nylander, William Nylander from Tavares, and was it Lilligren? Lil- um, Lilligren. Lilligren. Like Austin Matthews Nylander again on the power play. Like it's stupid. Yeah. Like uh, the Tavares one, probably want back because that snuck between his arm and. And his like body and it was like it was a really oddly like perfectly placed where like when you go down it's just under your your hand, it's just over your pad and it's just next to your hip like that little spot. Yeah, it was a it was a good place shot. Um, Nylander's goal was a little bit of puck watching from Seth Jones because he just dumps it in. Seth Jones is basically playing between the puck and the boards, like the sideboards rather than the puck and net. And then Tavares just throws that out in front and Nylander tips that in. And it's just like, oh my God, please. Like, can we, can we get the defense going? And then they're just, they're taking bad penalties and Toronto's just too good of a team and Hawks are just not good enough on the penalty kill right now. <laughs> when you have Mitch Marner, Tavares, like, Riley, like Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews, and like me on the power play. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's. I didn't even realize that. I, but even even without him, like those four guys, it's insane. Right. Um. Yeah. Also, Austin Matthews made three nothing or three to one in the first, the uh, second period, about three minutes or so into it. Uh, Pierre Ingval scores, making it four to one. It's like a fucking no look shot too coming around the back of the net. Yeah. Um that's another one that like I think Lincoln should have. He just pulled himself off the post and and then didn't play the puck like well enough. 
beats him short side. And then after it's four to one, the Hawks put up a little bit more of a fight. Uh, closing out the period, Connor Murphy gets his second of the year for Brandon Hagel. Then he started in the third period, just under two minutes into it. Dominic Kubalik gets on the board again. So he is another player that's been struggling who's got multiple goals recently. Yeah. Um, Kurashev and McCabe with the assist on that one. Jake McCabe with his second of the year, assist from Stillman and Carpenter. Makes it 4-4, four four, which... That uh, that Kubelik goal, Kurashev showed his speed on that one. Yeah. He fucking coming from behind and beating out two Toronto players to the puck in the offensive zone. That was that was amazing to see. I think that little stint in Rockford kind of helped him a little bit, kind of oh, like yeah. yeah, recharge him and all that. But you know, battling back, being down three, four to one, to tying it up. It's a tie, yeah, to to the top team in the league, one of the top teams in this league. Yeah, for this team that everybody's written off, I mean that's that's huge. Oh like, yeah, they're that is right there, regardless of how this game ended. That's a win right there to show that, hey, we can do this. Like, we can be with these teams. Like, it'd be nice and not to uh, not to be in the situation to start, you know, yeah. like, but rather keep it close the whole way. But also another thing with that is you're doing that with, again, there was no Seth Jones, no Patrick Kane, no Debrinkit. Yeah. Like, did they, I don't even, did they even touch the score sheet? None of them touched the score no. sheet this game. No assists, no nothing for those, for those three. Jake McCabe with a multi-point game. Connor Murphy with a multi-point game. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and then, so the unfortunate way this game ends was just a weird, weird God bump in. Damn David Camp. <laughs> yeah. Dump into the zone, hits a weird hop off the backboard, goes right to Camp. Lincoln was out to play the puck. You know, okay, Nine times out of ten, it's gonna do this exact same movement right to the stick, to the behind the net, up and out. It's the was it hit, did it hit the board or hit the glass? I think it probably hit the glass. I'm assuming it doesn't it really. I tried. I watched like the replay a couple times, and that's the only thing you can assume when this happens is like it. It's like a ring around the glass, and it hits one of the stanchions that's like between the panes, and then fucking just pops out right in front of the net. And Cam picks it up and throws it on net. Of course, it's got to be David Camp. I mean, there's yeah. there's no other way that they that game was going to end. If it was going to end like that, it was going to be a Four stupid goals. bounce, a stupid bounce right to former Blackhawk David Camp. Kubalik in the in the post game conference, they're asking about it, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, you got to be happy for Camp. He's my friend. I just kind of wish, you know, he was doing that against other teams and not not us." But yeah. <laughs> he had all of one goal last year for us, and he's got four this year, and two of them happen to be against the Hawks. <laughs> Woof. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action. Uh, everyone can play for huge catch prizes, all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's interesting about this game for the Hawks, a big positive, four five-on-five goals. Yeah. They've only had – I wish they I – They also outshot the Leafs 35-26. to 26. Yeah. There's only been – what was it? three games this year that they had more than two five on five goals or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. There was some like there was some crazy that. stat that just didn't even seem real. That's crazy. Let me see if I could pull it up really quick. Um but yeah so strides are being made in this with this team. Yeah. They're looking good. It's it sucks that they fall short on this one, but that's one that, like you said, that's one of those top teams in the in the league. And the Hawks are battling back and keeping up with them. Let alone like maybe even playing a little bit better than they were, like in the latter half of the game. <sighs> Sorry, I thought I. <laughs> I guess I didn't retweet. It. I don't remember where it's at either. But yeah, it was some it was some crazy stat. It's five on five. They need to get going. Um. Well, but the yeah, power play's not going. Power play's not going. It's just that that's the thing. It's like one thing with this team starts working, and then whatever's working for them at that point just stops. It's like they can't have multiple parts of their game going at once. It is always like it's this or that. It, it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, if we if we could have that consistency and put it all together, that'd be great. So That's some other teams little, do though. Yeah. So do you have any other little like tidbits on the games or any what you want to say or you want to go into some other news for the Hawks? Let's just go into other Hawks stuff. All right. So uh, we mentioned earlier after the the car hit that uh, the team you know were really lacking some size and lacking guys that can really step up and do something about that. And after that, Derek King apparently went to interim GM Kyle Davison and said, "Hey, we need an enforcer. We need we need some size. We need some grit." you know, stand up for situations like that. And Davison goes out and he trades for Curtis Gabriel, who was in the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Um, traded, was it Chad Chris for it? Yeah. Yeah. Great trade. I like it. Yeah, I think it's it's a good way to add some size. Um, and Curtis Gabriel seems like a good, like a, a good guy to have in the locker room as well. Uh, what was it last year? We said he was a nominee for the King Clancy trophy, right? Yeah. He, uh, was, yeah. For his work with like the LGBTQ community and, um, minority hockey groups and all that kind of the minority groups and all that. But it's, it's one of those trades where it's, it's not, it wasn't made to go and jumpstart this offense. It's more of a, Hey, you're in the fourth line. We need you to, we need you to step up for your team, throw some bodies, you know, get some momentum going in that way, pump the boys up. And I think he's going to do great for that. Yeah. I, I remember like seeing little clips of him last year when he was, he was uh, getting in scraps, but he, like, it would be like pre-game stuff. And he would like tell guys like, 
I'm going to beat the shit out of you today. (laughs) I'm going to fight you. (laughs) So his last like full season, no, his last time in the NHL was last year, the 2021 season with the Sharks. He played 11 games, had 55 penalty minutes in 11 games. He's a scrapper. Yeah. So NHL career totals, 49 games played, two goals, three assists, 153 points. Not going to expect him to put up some offense. That's for sure. No, that's all right. That's yeah, not what we traded him for. It'll be it'll be interesting to see when uh, he's six six. Holy yeah. shit, he's a big guy. <laughs> and it's like, if right. you his social media and all like all of the stuff, like he's such a positive guy, which is so funny because it's like, oh, you know, inclusion and you know, yeah. let's all be nice and all this, and then you cut to him on the ice and just beating the shit out of people, like, <laughs> <laughs> doing it with a smile on. Right. So that that'll be interesting. I, I will be curious to see when he gets in the lineup with the Hawks. Um, yeah. I believe he's assigned in Rockford right now. No, he was he was a scratch last game. Well, that was also because I think he just kind of stayed in Toronto. Oh, uh, okay. While the Haw- when the Hawks came to visit, so that might have been why. Yeah. So we'll see what he does, and um, it's going to be a nice little jump start for the offense. Like I, I think you're going to expect for roster moves for this team. You're you're not going to. Unless some like crazy win streak happens now, I don't think we're going to see a lot of additions to this team. That's going to be like, oh yeah, a shiny, sexy add to the team. It's going to be more. Oh, you know, uh, we're going to be losing guys. We're going to be adding some pieces. Yeah, they there's, they talk about all the time that like the Hawks are like shopping around like uh like Ryan Carpenter, um, Dahan, Dahan, Strom, yeah, and Strom. It like. For whatever reason, like the there's like those hockey like fan Instagram news pages that keep trying to say that Mark Andre Fleury is like gonna be traded. And I'm just like, I don't I don't see anything like actual Hawks related from like Hawks media personnel saying like the hawk that they're shopping around Mark Andre Fleury. I think it's I everybody just thinks it makes sense because the Hawks are like in a bad position currently. And I they're like, oh, they gotta go, be moving him. Yeah, I think no. teams are gonna ask about Marc Andre, and then but the Hawks that'd be like closer to like the trade deadline, exactly. like not currently. Like, what? And I hope that I hope they don't Vegas him, and I hope if they get a trade offer that they like, I hope they say, hey, here's the situation. It's up to you. Yeah, I mean, if we're way out of a playoff spot come like the trade deadline, I like, yeah, it makes sense. But if we're in the hunt. And he doesn't want to fucking go anywhere. Then yeah, like don't move him. <laughs> It'd be cool if he plays really well, and if we, for whatever reason, are just still like, like in a tough. I mean, we're in a tough division. If we're towards the back end of the division, dude. If we if we trade Mark Andre Fleury for like a first rounder, hey, especially because we don't have a first rounder this year. Exactly. But at the same time, I would love to see Mark Andre get a lifetime contract with the Hawks and just play as long as he wants. I love him. I love the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would like. I would like to see him stay and finish, or maybe even if he plays another year or two, like that's great. I don't know. Speaking of trade targets, too, we brought up Strom, which reminded me too. He was a healthy scratch against Montreal, um, and then Strom was. Yeah. Why did I? I just don't like. Not having consistency with his game is so like, so weird. He was a they asked Derek King about it, and uh, he basically said, "We keep pounding it in, keep pounding it in him. 
The big thing with him is he's going to have to change his game a little bit to play. You can't base everything on points, right? It's all about the trust factor when we're late in the game and I need to go out, go to three lines. Is he going to be that guy on one of those three lines that I can trust on the D zone faceoff or when trapped in our end? Right now, we're just not trusting each other in that extent. He's a lot more to give and he realized that he's been playing. He's been playing better for sure. He has, but it's those little details of the game. So he's completely just lost all trust from this team. He has got to really find, kind of dig deep, but it's like at the same time, do you think it's kind of one of those, it's like he's lost trust in the team because he's got no confidence because he's not getting an opportunity to show what he can do? No, man, because like I feel like he has had the opportunity. Like I think the team lost trust, the team lost confidence, and then now it's, like I can see him being like, oh, like I got, I'm not sure if I'm going to play or not. It's like, yeah, man, because you can't, you haven't played together consistently. Yeah, like you got to fucking, you got to go out there and, and like show them that you can fucking do it day in and day out. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the last thing, last thing I really have here too for Hawks talk is um, Mike Milbury, who I completely forgot about until this exact thing came out um had some comments about coach Derek king uh basically he goes if anybody thinks this guy can coach an nhl team they're nuts he was i had him as a player he was lazy whatever you want to call it even if he had some talent but listening to him talk as if he were a coach i mean talk about the opposite of inspiration it's boring and if i were jonathan taze i that'd be another reason for me want to change the music yeah nobody gives a shit what you think mike milbury and you know what? It's so funny that he says that because what the way he is, the fact that he's not that like that loud, that in your face type of coach. He's that that I'm happy to be here. I'm just let's go out there, do our best. That Ted Lasso style coach. Yeah. Like I think that's what is what makes him a great coach and the perfect coach for the situation right now. You have a team that's lost all confidence in themselves because of the start that they had and the coach that they had before where it's reported that they were afraid to make mistakes without, you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, the wrath of Carlton and all that kind of stuff. So you have this guy that's laid back coming in. It's a, what this team back needed. to playing hockey. Exactly. And he even knows, like, I still don't think that he's the guy, like, I don't think he's going to be the one that gets the head coaching job next year when they start the search for, for the permanent guy. But I think he's what this—he's exactly what this team needs in the, in, in the moment right now. And I think yeah. a lot of teams probably should look at something like this when they make a coaching change instead of jumping into something, you know, without do, giving it time to figure it out. Yeah, I just hate when like guys like Milbury get like audio out there of their fucking opinions, and it's always just old school guys that don't that the game's passing them by. Like nobody gives a shit what you have to say, Mike Milbury. Like. So okay, so we'll annoyed. use that. We're gonna use that as a good transition over to NHL talk. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, Torts, you wanna you wanna hit this one? Torts is just a grumpy old guy that doesn't like uh, flashy plays. He's gonna be he's the younger Don Cherry. Fucking uh, Trevor Zegers had an insane assist this week, where he basically is behind the net. Picks the puck up on his stick, tosses it over the top of the net, and Sonny Milano just bats it right in. And everybody's like, "Did that just happen in a, in an NHL game?" 
and even Zegers in his celebration is just like, like hands, hands on, on his head. head. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh my god, it worked!" <laughs> it's just like, well, like seeing the memes, amazing. Seeing the memes about that, everybody's like, "There's like one where there's like two people at a conference, like a press conference." Zegers, it's like, okay, they got Milan over one and Zegers over the other. The woman that's got like all the, the microphones and stuff in front of him is Zegers, and then it's like. Milano over here getting ignored for his crazy hand eye coordination to put it in. <laughs> yeah, there was a <laughs> uh, Zegers had like I think it was like a post game interview, and I sent it to you and like the guys. It was really funny because it's I think it's Butcher Grass or it's Barry Melrose. It's like talking to him. Oh, I think was it Butcher Grass? Yeah, yeah, because he, he's like <laughs> it's the the camera's on Zegers and he's got the audio and he's like, hey, hey, Zegers, uh, John Butcher Grass. He's like, Butchy. Butchie, hey Butchie, I saw you at Tim Hortons earlier. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> you were down in a donut. And I wanted to say hi, but you got out of there real quick. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? like, he's such a goof. This game I is mean, becoming very, it's, it, they're on the verge of being so marketable. Yeah, like this kid is hilarious. He's, like, if you want America, like USA players or like the US to like become huge into hockey, like, like more of it, like, like a USA born kid, Trevor Zegers, absolutely hilarious. He's just like, what do you think about Sonny Milano? He's like, oh, kid's got great, great hand-eye coordination. It's pretty funny too. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah, man, I love, I love the like more candid interview rather than just like, uh, like, oh, you know, we go out there, we play hard, um, try and make things happen. Get the copy the paste, night. yeah, yeah. I always think, I always think of that um, Jared Kiso from Letter Kenny, the video of him and Dylan play fair. Oh in, yeah, in the locker room, and they're yeah, just get the puck deep. Yeah, get the puck deep. You know, it's a uh, team effort. Uh, you know, and they're like asking him questions about like. Oh, there's a rumor that you uh you were at a stripper club and you know you contacted HIV from it. Oh, you know you got to do what you got to do and uh like, like, you got to get bucks deep and uh, yeah, it's so funny. But yeah, so that's why it's like I think between the McDavid comments and now this, yeah, I think Torts is done. I don't yeah, think man. he's gonna get a shot to coach again. He was he was saying that he thinks it's bad for the game because like now he he's he sees out there that like kids are trying to pull this off in practice all the time and like like coaches are like kids are asking coaches to like set up plays around it it's like first of all this you don't there's no such thing as like a set play when you're doing these creative kind of things that, that's why it's you're using creativity yeah, like, that was dph that dph was saying that he's got players that are like hey can we draw it up so like off the face off we can go and we could do this kind of thing to do the Michigan and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Like you, what do you expect? Like any one of your players to just be able to like pick the puck up and wrap it around and, and tuck it in the top of it. And that's not going to, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I was saying in our group chat too, it's like, yeah, if the game starts to get more flashy and creative like that, like eventually it's, I mean, it's just going to be a phase because as soon as like it starts to get too flashy, then you're going to get a lot of these players similar to, I would say like, like Brady Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk that are able to keep up in pace. And they're going to be taking guys fucking heads off because of how easy it's going to be when guys are leaving themselves unprotected, trying to do this flashy shit. Like people are going to start coming around the, at the side of the net. And then the defensive thing is no longer going to be stay in front and block the pass. It's going to be kill the guy coming around the fucking side of the net. And then it's like, all right. And then you have it's, to adjust and you have to like adapt to what's going on. It's hilarious. You brought up Matthew, it's hilarious. You brought up Matthew Kachuk as one of those guys as he's yeah. got two extremely he, flashy he's, goals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's the, he's the kind of guy that has that skill set where he can do this flashy stuff, but he's also got the size and he's willing to use yeah. it to fucking destroy the people that are fucking doing the flashy stuff too. 
So it's, it's like fun and exciting to see in hockey, but like guys will adapt. It's not going to just be like, Oh, every, the puck's actually going to end up staying in the air for a majority of the game. And guys are going to start lacrossing it all over the yeah, place. It's gonna be, like, yeah. That's not going to, that's not what's going to happen. Like it's fucking, it's, like I said, it's exciting to see you. The NHL is on the verge of being marketable and exciting yeah. and bringing more fans to it. And you want to just shut that down because it's not the old school hockey style. Yeah. I mean, old school hockey will always be there. Like at the end of the day, like the most competitive style of hockey that a lot of the guys can actually attain is the old school style of just like hard nose fucking like play the body, skate hard, get the puck deep. That's, that's the style of hockey that will always be around the guys like Trevor Zegers that can like do the flashy stuff. Like those are very far and few between those kinds of guys. And there's a, there's a huge difference of doing that in a game in just early December yeah. versus trying to do that game in game six of the conference final. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Like you, it, you pull, you try to pull that off in the playoffs and you, you don't get it. You're fucking sitting. Right. I can guarantee 100%. It. It's like they're picking their moments to try to have fun and, you know, make this interesting. And why not, why not do it yeah. when these games essentially mean nothing, especially Anaheim who, is it seeding expectations? They're playing great. Going, yeah, going way more than what anybody expected. They're having fun. They're loving life. Let them try this shit. Let them try to grow the game a little bit. Like, that's all you're doing is growing the game and opening your eyes to more people that, oh, this isn't just like an old man, like, you know, old man sport anymore. Like, yeah, it's flashy. It's fun. Get them in with that, and then that people can fall in love with the game, what it really is. Dude, I'm fucking – I love Trevor Zegers. <laughs> it's, it's he's fun. so great yeah I, i'm just like i think it's crazy too like sunny milano is just becoming like i wonder what it's reminding me of so like zegris is making the guys around him better and i think sunny milano and Trevor Zegris is reminding me of like Tavares with like matt molson like the guy that can do it all and then he has the perfect like sidekick yeah that's that's like that works just so well with what's happening. I, I just think it's going to be really like some good shit there. And I don't know, maybe Buffalo is going to overpay for um, <laughs> Sonny Milano eventually in the future. <laughs> Oy. But yeah, so that happened uh, towards, you know, so a couple old school guys that are kind of just, I think realizing that their, their time's up. Um, Torts is always going to be good for that, you know, soundbite to be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But I I just, for me, that was just him, the final nail in the coffin for him. Like I would be shocked to see, I I guess I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be surprised if he gets another coaching opportunity anytime soon. Yeah. It would, I don't, I don't see like a younger team going with a coach like Torts though. You know, because yeah, even said he goes, if they try to pull that off in the in my game and I'm the coach, we're having a conversation about it. Yeah, you you sit guys like Patty Liney for going out there and trying to snipe goals instead of like play the body and get in the corners. And I mean, that's not what some of these guys' games is like. Yeah. That's not what their game is. So I don't know. He's trying to con- get everybody to fit into the box of what the style of game that he wants played versus like playing the style that they play and putting your coaching style around that. Yeah, I think he's just going to remain on TV as a commentator. Which I think, you know, it's perfect for him, I think. I think that's exactly where he needs to be. Well, yeah, I mean, 
they're going to need that voice of the old school guy somewhere. And I think it's better suited on TV rather than behind the bench. Because they have, you know, that different point of view. Can't have a bunch of comment, like TV commenters be, all be the same. Got to have like the different points of view there. So let's move on to something else here. There's a little shit show that is uh, the continued drama of hockey in the desert. Oh, yeah. Have the Arizona Coyotes. It came out, what was that, Wednesday night? Thursday. Something like that. Wednesday night. The Arizona Coyotes owe the city of Glendale $1.3 million in unpaid invoices and taxes. And we're told that they have until... 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on December 20th to pay these dues or else they're locked out of the arena. What is going on in Arizona? I don't know. They, like, they just assume that they didn't have to do it. They're claiming, so Arizona's claiming it was a human error, that they're investigating why that happened and that it's not going to be an issue and all that kind of stuff. Listen, it's obvious the city of Glendale has a, their own agenda. They're they're terminating their, their contract with the Coyotes at the end of the season. They're going to have to – so the Coyotes will have to find a new arena for next year, which they still haven't, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pulling this off. Like, clearly, Glendale doesn't want the Coyotes. What Great. blows my mind is that Gary Bettman came out again – and said that there is nothing to be concerned about the Coyotes in Arizona. They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. There's no problems. That is literally could not have been. Only way that would have been better is if he said that in a burning house and he tried to say that this house is fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Like, at what point do you just say, hey, we're wrong. It's hockey in Arizona is not going to work out. Hockey in Arizona produced Austin Matthews. That's one. Yeah. Okay. But NHL hockey in Arizona has produced one player. You got to force it now. You got to force it now. God. But it's like, and here's another thing too, is people are like, oh no, the the market is good. Yeah. The market's so good, huh? Then why have the Coyotes not been able to get approval for an arena in any other nearing towns or cities? Not Uh one place has given the okay to start to build arena in their areas. I don't know. That's really, it's weird. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, I don't want them to leave. I don't, because especially now that they got the Kachina back, I would love for them to stay and just route the Kachina for the rest of the hey, time. Hey, man, what if they are still the Coyotes? They're just not in Arizona. Could you pull off the Kachina, though? Like, the the desert settings on the Al- Albuquerque, Albuquerque Coyotes. <laughs> oh, man, I just... The New Mexico Coyotes. I just, I don't understand why they are trying so hard like they didn't try this hard in atlanta like to keep the thrashers in atlanta like they it was like oh it's not working okay cool true north bottom let's go time to get out of here it may it just makes no sense and then on top of that reports came out that were have been confirmed that gary bettman is meeting with quebec government officials in january to discuss a team in quebec Ottawa. Just move Ottawa. Ottawa. Move the Senators to Quebec. Ottawa, Coyotes, Buffalo. I just don't see them ever moving Buffalo. 
I don't either, but because they have like the they have the most one of the more dedicated fan bases, even if it is like a smaller market. I just don't trust their owners. I think their owners would try to move them somewhere else because the owners are threatening to move the Bills. They own the same, they own the Bills too. That's crazy, it's like yeah. And then the other team that has been talked about relocation too before, which I still don't know how their numbers are now that they're good, but the Panthers. They're another mm. team that's been highlighted there. So, I mean, if, if Quebec's getting a team, it's going to be re- relocation. Like, there's no yeah, one in. in. Yeah, when, yeah, when would we, if we went to 33 teams, that'd be so fucked up. Dumb. <laughs> Where I think 30, I mean, 32 is perfect. Half the league makes it to the playoffs, half the league doesn't. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I just think, I think Arizona's going to, it's going to come out. I think Arizona's moving. I mean, the fact, too, they don't have an arena for next year. Yeah, but aren't they talking about moving to, like, Houston? Right, Houston's out there. Houston wants a team. It's like Houston and Quebec are the two teams, like, two cities that have been pushing for a team. Yeah. Houston makes the more sense. Like I mentioned in the little two-minute minor video I did, it makes more sense because you don't have to realign the league again. Right. Um, you don't have to deal with the Canadian dollar by moving another team in Canada. You get a team that like a lot of players would probably want to go to because there's no state tax. Right. So it, it makes more sense there. But Quebec would just be so cool. Oh my god, the Nordiques again. Nah, dude. I'm I don't like Canadians. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, man. That'd be really yeah, I mean that would be I that would, would be on fire. What if they just move Colorado back? <laughs> Colorado bats. I I mean, yeah, fuck Colorado. Fuck those guys. It'd be really funny. I don't that would never happen, but <laughs> uh, um a couple other things happened today or not today, this week. Salary, uh the board of governors meeting took place, um, which is where a lot of this came out. Um Gary Batman said that he has no plans of leaving as commissioner, so we're stuck with him for longer. Uh they gave a little salary cap update confirming that it will rise next year. The salary cap's going up a oh whole boy. one million dollars. Wow. So $82.5 million will be the salary cap next year, but they are projecting that the players will have cleared their pandemic debt by, to the owners by the end of the 2023-2024 season, which would lead to the cap increasing further in the 24-25 league year, which theoretically should see a massive bump. They're also projecting that revenue will reach $5 billion this year for the league. Cool. So... Things are definitely going in the right direction, which is another reason why you got to let these kids have fun out there. Get revenue going yeah. up. Bring more fans in. Let them be flashy. Let them have fun. Boom. Boom. Money. Money. <laughs> Salary cap. People get rich. We get poor because it's going to be more expensive for us to go see games again. Hey. The other big thing um that was kind of discussed is the olympics is brought up again um it was reported that the owners do not want the player to send their players to the olympics which um gary batman or it was Barry, gary batman or bill daly essentially said that this decision is primarily on the players um whether they want to go but they do believe that the nhlpa shares the same concerns as the league does um the main thing is the quarantine period in, yeah. in China is if a player tests positive, you three have three weeks, three to five weeks, three to five weeks. Yes. What? 
three to five weeks. And you also uh, is like, you have to have two positive tests within 24 hours or two else you have tests? to go into quarantine. Two negative tests? No, two positive to avoid quarantine. What? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense. I know. You have to, what do you mean no. two positive? Or no, two, two negative. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I said, I thought I was in the right thing. Never mind. You're right. But yes. Yeah, okay. So two negative tests to avoid it. Um, so as much as I want to see the players in the Olympics, NHL and fun, I think it's the wrong decision to, to send them. Yeah, it's just a, a hard time at this, like this year to do that, you know? Ugh. Too many questions out there about what's always going on always and... want the best to the best to go and play in the Olympics and especially with like the way the teams would be made up this year. With oh man, like Austin Matthews, Patty Kane, and then like the Brinkett, and then like McKinnon, Crosby, McDavid, like that would just be amazing hockey to watch. This probably would be the best Olympic hockey. That's why I hope that the uh, NHL does like a world cup of hockey sometime soon. They also said that as soon as they're able to breathe or they they get their head up above the water, they're going to do another world cup. So yeah. Cause you gotta, like if you're, especially if you're not going to be in this Olympics, you got to have like these guys play together at some point because right. it's like, that's just, and I hope they stick with the, the team North America. Cause that was, such I love that. Awesome. That was yeah. the, that was the most exciting thing. Can you imagine a team North America that has like, like, I mean, we have probably like Owen Power, Trevor Zegris, um, who else? Like Turcotte, maybe even Doc. That'd be fun. What was it, 23 Bowen, and under? Like Bowen Byram, Quentin Byfield. Yeah, 23 and under, Cole Caulfield. Oh, man. Uh, who else? Spencer Knight as their fucking goalie. Oh, yeah, that would, that'd be a sick team. That's a legit contender right there. And then all their goals are scored lacrosse style. <laughs> <laughs> so we were kind of talking about this and I thought it was really cool to kind of bring this up again is there is like a three week break in the schedule in, in February that contains the all-star break and the Olympic break. If the NHL doesn't go to the Olympics, what should they do with that three week break? expand the all-star so weird yeah so said you expand the all-star game and what do you what do you mean by that what let's see let's expand on that a little bit i I thought it would be really funny if they did an olympic style all-star break and go back to making full teams um but do it by division and then you do a round robin and then playoff so you have a full 18 person or 18 players two goalies for each division and each division plays plays each other and then they get seated and you do a playoff and see who wins so the winners could play like what like five games just what do like you, a one loss playoff what if you, you still did like three on three i don't know good but it's that's only what they, three they, guys they, so you can yeah, only they, have three guys you only have three guys <laughs> um it, yeah, but the three and three games just—I mean—they're shorter in general. So you're talking about to expand the skills competition where you do guys brothers that are shows. Yeah, <laughs> shows. That's not what I was going to talk, but that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, but no, do like an expanded where it's like you have 
your true cut all-stars participating, and then you have guys that will never make an all-star game, all-star team, but still could potentially destroy somebody in a particular competition. Yeah. So, like, a hardest shot, you'd have guys that – a lot of the guys that are probably got the hardest shot are not all-star players. Martin Furk has, like, the hardest shot in the NHL, and he's, like, barely an NHLer. Right. So that, that would be pretty cool, too. Um, I still think you can possibly do a World Cup of Hockey. You can set that up yeah. very quickly. I don't know how quickly you can actually set that up, but that would be really cool to do. But it's going to be – yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see what they do for that schedule because it's like you can't really like start games early because arenas have obligations like especially now in the winter when you got concerts you have a lot of people sharing arenas with nba teams and and all this kind of stuff too it's it's a weird like i'm surprised that they haven't they didn't have a backup plan or maybe they do and they just haven't showed it probably not yeah probably not it is, yeah. I, I, I don't think so <laughs> It'd be really cool if they just did like random shit. Like they had a bags tournament with NHL players. <laughs> and then I was thinking you get like all the guys that are like known for fighting and you just have them all hit the punching machine that they have at bars and just see who has like the hardest punch. Hey, I'm an ideas guy. You're an ideas guy. <laughs> hey, NHL, hire Tanner. He, uh, he's got your ideas. You, you have him go through like a little combine with uh, like, see who can put up the most, uh, who can bench press 225 the most times in a row. <laughs> wasn't that something going on in the bubble with like Ovechkin and, and someone well, like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. There was like, there was like a push like a contest, ping, a ping pong tournament going. See who's yeah. got the best ping pong game. Just like oh, really man. just turn it into like a, like a real world challenge for the NHL players, and like the all-stars. God. Can you imagine if they had a real world, like NHL challenge? And it was like a hockey house of like just random NHLers that wanted to be a part of it. And just like they all have like their time in the in the room where they're like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> NHL big brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have like little little games that they have to play and compete in, and then they go head to head to see who gets eliminated. Oh my god, that'd be that'd be hilarious. Hey man, I'm just a thinker. And more money to make too. You put that on pay per view. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Streaming on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and it's all staticky, and you can't see what's going on. But we have to get like an NHL 22 tournament going. See who's the champion. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let us know what you think they should do in the break. What you want to see? I mean, theoretically, it just can be nothing. There's gonna be no hockey for three weeks, and yeah, that'll be it. Um, I mean, last thing I, no ho- is it three weeks? Is or is isn't it, like the one week for All Star break or? Um, really quick. I was going. Like, I don't know. Hard schedule. I think it comes There's, out to like three full weeks. Yeah. It's February. The last time the Hawks play in February is the second, and then they don't play again. To, so it's like two two weeks. Yeah, it's a long amount. It's a it's a good amount of time. So February third to February twenty fourth is no oh, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, so I think that all-star break is the first weekend of February. Okay. So, yeah. And then it's basically two so and a half. So, Monday the 7th. So, essentially, Monday the 7th through the 24th. 17 days. Yeah, is just 
nothing nothing just just hanging out dudes being dudes but yeah all right last thing i have on my list here and we'll wrap this up unless you got anything else uh ben bishop is officially calling it quits in his career uh he tried for the last year and a half to rehab a knee injury um did an, a stint in the AHL for conditioning and got lit up and it's just it's oh, not did you really? yeah i think it was like eight goals he lit up oof that sucks so he's just not going to be able to continue with his career, um, which is unfortunate because, I mean, he was great when healthy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, his career totals are 413 games played, 222 wins, a 232 goals against average, and a 921 save percentage. So that's, like, really fucking good. Anything above, like, 910 is, like, pretty league average. Like, to be above 920 – for your career is is great yeah so that's unfortunate he had some good seasons i mean he lost to the hawks in the playoffs the, in 2015 but that was also due to injury that, I, I was scared during that playoffs man because he was playing so good oh and yeah he went down with a knee injury which i think honestly i think i think that was the beginning of the end i think that yeah. it was that headman when him and headman collided and no, Sean- he 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 had uh, suffered an injury earlier in the playoffs, and then he was playing through injury during the Hawks series, and then that's the how playoff. No, that was the same one. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I forget who they were playing. I just saw. I saw a clip of it the other day, but it was. Um, it was in like the Eastern Conference Finals. I think was that he, Pittsburgh. It might have been Pittsburgh. Well, wasn't that the year after? No, it was it was that year because he got pulled he got pulled against the Hawks because of injury and they were playing like Vodlevskis or some shit. Yeah. Before Vodlevsky was Vodlevsky. Yeah, before Vasilevsky was. <laughs> Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, yeah, man, he was he was on fire and I was like, oh god, I don't know if the Hawks are gonna be able to beat him. And then he went down with injury and I was like, oh, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I wasn't worried at all. Yeah, I they did know. have Vasilevsky playing. Oh, wait, that regular season. Hold on. Yeah, what? Am I looking at the right thing? Yeah, I guess it was Vasilevsky that lost in the finals. I thought it was Godlevsky. They had somebody else, too. No, it was Vasilevsky. That's crazy. Great, great. Yeah, it was before he was him because I remember chirping him. I'm like, what fucking goalie wears 88? Yeah. That's right. That's weird. Why did I think? Where's the other kid? Uh, Godlewski's was the year before. Okay, okay, whatever. Yeah, so we got to Vasilevsky before anybody else. No big deal. Yeah, and he hasn't <laughs> lost the Stanley Cup since. Hey, too, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else? Mm-mm. No. All right, so this is episode one sixty three. Tanner, what are we calling it? Oh. Resurgence of Taves. Resurgence of Taves. Or yeah. monkey off the back? Question mark. <laughs> gorilla off the back? Monkey off the back? Gorilla off the back? Yeah, we'll go, we'll go gorilla off the back. I like that one. Yeah. We get, uh, right. we get, we, this week we got a, a Taves and a Doc goal. So uh, it's a gorilla off the back. No, we didn't even say, we're going to say, we didn't say who they're playing this week. Um, so oh, yeah. they're, they're got Calgary tomorrow. 
Calgary tomorrow or tonight. That's going to be a W, man, because they're win one, lose one. I'm honoring Flurry too, uh, for the 500th win. Then you got Washington, who's definitely probably going to be coming pissed after the way they lost Defin- to us. Definitely, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, then you got Nashville. I just Friday. want to point out that um, this week we're playing Washington, who's in first the Metropolitan, also first in um, the Eastern Conference, and we're playing Calgary, who's first in the Pacific, and then uh, Nashville and Dallas, who are both playing pretty goddamn well yeah dallas just oh actually dallas lost three in a row but they were on a streak of like six games or seven games in a row yeah i think that's what last episode we talked about that. i think they were like on the, one of the streaking teams yeah but yeah i mean this month i mean the rest of this month is not going to be easy because you got nashville dallas florida dallas columbus yeah, florida, who's who, also in first again yeah florida or columbus who is I mean, they, they're decent when they want to be, but they're also – it's going to be interesting. That is that the first time we're playing them since the Seth Jones trade? Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, Oakwood's homecoming in Chicago on the 28th. Yeah, because then we play him again on the 11th of January. Yeah, so he uh, so he's going to try to probably – still Wait, we still haven't even played Minnesota. What is the deal here? Yeah, we don't play them until January, end of January. This is fucking crazy. Um, Yeah. So it's that that's like the weirdest thing to me. It's like we we're we're completing our season series against Toronto. We completed our season series against the Rangers. We're we'll have played like Columbus twice, but we still will not have played Capitals twice. Yeah, Capitals twice. Like we played Pittsburgh twice, and then it's back to back against Minnesota too. Twenty first, twenty second of January. It's so weird to me. Like I feel like we should have played like all of our divisional rivals like at least once already. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, Merz Leakins is just like putting that team on his back, like you said he would. That's crazy. He's Let's doing go. Really well. He's um, doing real well. All right, so it's episode 163. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff. Follow us on social media at WCB Podcast. Five star review on Apple Podcasts too. Doesn't matter what you put, just give us five stars. Just do it. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Um. Yeah, follow the Hockey Pod Net at um at Hockey Pod Net on all social media. Use the draft codes, uh, promo code, uh, THPN, and yeah, we will uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yes. All right. Love you, boys. Bye. The Windy City Benders Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. And follow the boys on socials at WCB Podcast.